Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 75, and we have plenty and plenty to talk about uh, on this special edition of uh, the Eagle Eye Podcast. Wow, I can't even I, I can't even do an introduction today. It's been that long of a day. But as always, let me introduce my co-host, Mr. Christian Rosendo and Dylan, a.k.a. Cowboy Dan. Gentlemen, how are we? I'm doing pretty good today. How are you, Ivan? As you can tell by the mess up of everything, uh, it's been a long day. It's been yeah, a really long day. I can tell. What? There was a mess up? <laughs> My Wi-Fi lagging that hard already? <laughs> oh, boy. It's a long day for Dylan, too, as well. Well, gentlemen, on this L3 edition, it wouldn't be a summer a summer show without bringing back one of our uh, very long-time friend of the podcast mr brian brian welcome back it seems like we have you on every summer when it's when it's time to talk mexican national team yes it's summertime and uh happy to be back uh glad to be here definitely definitely excited and happy to have you uh always always a good time always a good chat whenever you do come on to the podcast so very happy and excited to have you on and uh, we're going to talk all things uh mexican national team of course is the l3 edition so i uh, hope you guys are ready we're going to talk mexico's thrilling 7-0 win against cuba and as to maybe why we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves and i've seen a couple of things on twitter saying that uh you know we're making me think that we're maybe taking this win a little bit too, um, what's the word? I guess we're taking the win a little bit uh, more than we should. Um, but we'll, we'll get into all of that. And then, of course, we'll preview the big game coming up against Canada. And then, if time permits, we're definitely going to be talking a little bit uh, news in regards to Club America as a lot of things are going out. So, gentlemen, are we ready to talk all things Mexican national team? Absolutely. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. So, this Saturday... No, that's the Saturday. This past Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, down at Pasadena, Mexico, opened up their Gold Cup in uh, in what was a very fashionable showcase, beating Cuba 7-0, a game that I guess a lot of us, a lot of us were expecting um, to be quite of a quite a thrill in regards to goals. But did we expect seven goals at one point before this game even started, Christian? Because I know yeah. you were very adamant about this. Yes, I did. You expected seven. I mean, maybe not seven, but you know, five, six. I mean, it was it was realistic. Okay, Ryan, how did you how did you feel about that seven zero? Did you expect a seven zero? This is a better my, question. My pregame prediction was eight nil. So wow. I'm very well, I mean, <laughs> I think you're the only one who predicted like a two nil win. I did predict the two nil win, and we'll and I'll get to that because uh, it's something I talked about with the people from. Uh, the Mexican soccer show too. Whenever I I jumped onto their uh, Gold Cup Daily Show, and it was and it was about how you know we've been in these situations before where Mexico is expected to win heavily and and is favored, but it, it feels like sometimes in front of goal they just don't take their chances. And this game clearly could have ended at least at least 10, 10. 10 to eleven if it wasn't for some of the goals that we missed. And 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 this is kind of the situation we've been having with the Mexican national team is whether or not. Are they going to put the ball in the back of the net? Are we going to be consistent in our finishing? And I think it proved to us that even against a side like Cuba, we are still not 100% refined in that finishing department. Brian, I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, there's a little bit of sloppiness involved with it. But the way I look at that game, Mexico is always going to win that. Um, 
Cuba, no offense to them. They're just, they're not up there. And um, I think part of the sloppiness was, I think the team also thought that. And uh, once two, two or three went in, it was like, uh, all right, floodgates are open. Once you saw that Cuba wasn't even getting past, you know, midfield, it was yeah. like so more goals are coming. You know what I mean? Um, I'm actually kind of glad they stopped at seven. There's no need to score double digits on them. It's seven's fine. You know what I mean? Okay, they don't want a repeat of the women's World Cup fiasco. I I see. <laughs> I mean, but I mean the poor guys. They're missing players. It's like seven nil. It's plenty of goals. Yeah, I mean, to, uh, so much going wrong for Cuba. Obviously, with uh, their visa situation going on, you know, obviously the biggest name for them wasn't going to be. Uh, with them because of that, you know, their captain not getting the visa. And then, of course, their uniform situation. Uh, you know, they didn't know whether yeah. or not they were, they were going to have uniforms for the, for the game. Years. And they it got resolved the day just prior to kickoff. So, I mean, um, <laughs> it, it, a, lot of, a lot of things went wrong for Cuba, and a lot of things continue to go wrong for them in the game. So, uh, you're right. Maybe it was, it was fair enough to keep it at seven. Um, and and we'll, we'll we'll dive into this because I, I really do want to go into into the game itself. But I do want to talk in regards to the pregame because um, I was down there at Pasadena at the Rose Bowl Stadium. Uh, I was catching you know cl- uh, clips and images of everyone down at the at at the fan festivals and everything. And my goodness, it is uh, it's a party nonetheless. Brian, I know you've been able to witness these kind of ex- experiences, and it's funny enough because um, to quote. Uh, uh, our good friend, Mr. Cesar Hernandez uh, from Footmex Nation, he, uh, he, I think he quoted it perfectly. He said, it is a basically like a Mexican Comic-Con with a soccer game at the end. Yeah, I mean, I remember even just in the Copa America, it was 119 out here in Phoenix, and it was like any, any other game, if it was like even like an 80-degree game, and people were still out cooking, partying, drinking. It was, it's always a good time. When Mexico comes to town, to be honest, it definitely, definitely a whole party of sensation. It was, it was wonderful for those of you who were down there. For those of you listening who were down at the stadium, who were down at the Rose Bowl, down at Pasadena, uh, you guys put on a wonderful, wonderful show. It was sensational. It was a spectacular event. Um, and for any of you who have not been able to experience a game like that, please do so. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It, it really is a great environment, and uh, like. Like they they said, you know, it's it's a party at uh, with a soccer game at the end of the day. So, uh, thank you so much to everyone who made it possible for us to go down there. It was just phenomenal. Like I said, um, I, it was it was gonna be a party regardless of of what was to happen in the Mexico game. But it was nice to see that Mexico put on a good show as well, and it was uh, a party in the stands as well. I think all the fans were excited and happy, and you know, all those sixty five plus who who went out to the Rose Bowl definitely got their money's worth, if if not more. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, gentlemen, let's jump into this game because it is quite the spectacular one. Obviously, we talked about the refined shooting and how maybe we weren't 100%. I easily, Raul Jimenez could have walked away with four goals, you know? Um, he didn't. Obviously, the big headline was Antuna's uh, hat trick and his assist that kind of catapults him in front of every other player. And let me ask you this to, to the both of you. It's whether or not... Does does Antuna merit his stay now after the game he had, or is this just a one-off game and we really shouldn't be paying too much attention to it? Don't both go all once. <laughs> I Wait. thought you were gonna go first. That's why I, I paused myself. 
Go ahead. You can go first. Okay. Well, I mean, the way I see it is, you know, you, we can't really, you know, no, nonetheless, he had a great game. That you know, no, no one can take that away from him. My only problem is, you know, it's the rival. You know, no disrespect to Cuba, but, you know, like Brian said earlier, Cuba's not really on, you know, at our level. So, like, you know, anyone could have had this night. You know, if Pisado was in the starting line, he probably could have the same night. You know, if Orbelin was in there, he probably could have the same night. You know, it was just his night. Should, should we, um, should we, should we uh, give him the starting, the starting role from now on? You know, doesn't, I mean, I, I don't mind it. I think he had a, he had a great showing. He had a couple flashy plays here and there, but... To to really solidify him as a as a starter, you know, I don't I don't think he he's there yet. Brian, yeah, I mean, uh, he he had a great game. He hustled, was on top of everything. You kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, um, it, it you know Mexico's gonna like I said Mexico's gonna win that game a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, so somebody's gonna show up somewhere, and definitely definitely you know other players like Raúl could have scored more, but. Um, you know, it's good for his confidence nonetheless. And he has been playing decent in the games he played prior to that. So I have no problem with him on this roster uh, as of now. But, um, yeah, I mean, let's see what it, let's see what happens moving forward before we make, you know, a huge judgment on it. Definitely. And and I think Tata Martino came out and said it as well, too, in the press conference. It yeah. was, if I had any advice to give the kid was don't go on social media. You know, it's going to be the usual. They're going to overinflate you. They're going to give you... Uh, you know, they, they're, they're, they're going to get you on cloud nine and I need you to keep yourself grounded. Right. Correct. And I think exactly. that's smart of him. And and we know that Tata Martino, aside from being a good managerial coach in regards to, you know, tactics and everything, he's, he's a very good uh, kind of player manager as well. Um, I think he has great chemistry with some of these players. I think they really enjoy the time that they've been spending, you know, even though it's been short lived. Uh, so I, I think he, he has a good way of getting to the player and, and, and kind of being like, you know, don't don't let this over uh, overgrow your confidence. You know, we still need you grounded. We still need you working at 110 percent every time you go out there on the pitch and in training. So it's it's good to see that Tata Martino can acknowledge that, you know, yes, granted, it's a great game. And, and you know, he had a lot of goals and maybe he's going to have something similar against Martinique, you know, mm-hmm. and and if it is, if that's the case, then it's great for him. But I think that for the most part you know, still has plenty to prove. And and that's crazy because not a lot of people can go score three goals with a Mexican national team jersey. And for us to still sit here and say, yeah, you know, he's still not proven is 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 quite phenomenal. But again, like you said, Christian, it, it all has to do with the rival. And you have to look at that, you know? Yeah. Right. So um actually, you know, I, I want to go back and, and, and the game kind of just kicked off right away from from the beginning you saw mexico had the upper hand the press um you know they 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 moved the ball around great and i think that's something that i i i i did really enjoy watching was mexico on the ball you know even though they they had most of the ball position it, it never felt that there was no intention of going forward or that there was a lack of an idea you know it wasn't just moving the ball just to move the ball for sakes it was we have the ball we're keeping possession but we're also trying to be kind of clever with how we're doing it we're trying to move move the ball up the pitch alongside the pitch get the get, get a rhythm going and I felt that for throughout 90 minutes which is impressive not you know to say the least it's even against a side like Cuba because going up at the half which was what 4-0 yes going up at a half 4-0 you have no need to go out there and play a game whatsoever at that point 
But yet they still went out and they went and they kept looking and they kept searching. And to be honest, they kept missing chances. And that's the only reason why they had to keep going, you know? Yeah. So I will say this, though. I, I don't know what you gentlemen think about, about about how they moved the ball around. But I was really impressed with how well the, the, the Mexican national team played, you know, taking away what Cuba, you know, lacked doing. But what what Mexico did on the ball, mm-hmm. I think, I think showed – very promising signs of what Tata Martino wants his Mexican national team to look like. Well, that's the, I, oh. I, agree, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But, no, sorry. Don't worry about uh, it. I was going to say just quickly, the one thing that I do no, uh, notice is that this, this team does have an idea. And even when a team like Cuba is sitting back, they're not just chucking crosses in, you know, just to hope something lands. There's a lot of, a lot of flow and movement. And mm-hmm. Even if there's stagnation, they try something else. They move the ball, and they're very, very active, and that's something that's refreshing uh, as a fan to see. Um, but, yeah, I, I've been really enjoying this team. Took the words literally right out of my mouth. The last time I, I – you know, before Tata Martino, the last time I saw a Mexico team play, it was probably the 1-0 win over Germany. And, you know, ever since then, this team has been very, very, you know, kind of poor to watch. But like Brian said, it's very refreshing to see, you know, Tata implement his uh, his system – into the team and you know and the the merit that you're giving him Ivan you know it really, it really speaks of the, the type of manager he is and the type of the type of impact that he can he can provide going forward and now it's just a matter of finding consistency with him correct I mean I I think now he's proven to us in a couple of games already granted they've been friendlies and yeah maybe this one could be counted as a friendly as well but um I mean the, the numbers are are very well you know even for uh, you know, for, you know, CONCACAF, you know, to score three plus goals each game, you know, to walk away with a victory. Um, I think it, uh, it, it really showcases the, the, the style he's really bringing to this national team. Now, of course, there will be tougher opponents up ahead. Uh, but I think that's where I said, you need to keep this consistency, mm-hmm. you know, and we are going to have our first real test in this, in this group stage against uh, Canada who, you know, walked away with a four-goal win against Martinique. But again, it is only Martinique, right? And, and like, you know, not to disrespect anyone or anything, but I would imagine that the Canadian football has has grown much more than the Martinique or the Cuban one in in these past couple of years. So, I mean, Dylan, you're you're back on. I think your Wi-Fi situation has been fixed, correct? Yes, I got it going on. (laughs) All right, so from a Cowboy Dan perspective... Uh, just quickly, give give us how did you how did you see this national team? How 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 did all of this kind of rub off on you? Did 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 you like it? Did you see something that you didn't? Uh, you know what what's kind of your take on all on all this? You know, seven zero win. Um, in all honesty, like after the first goal went in, um, from then on, I don't know. I might have been the only one. I probably not, but like I kind of got a little frustration because I'd see this team, you know, chance after chance, really, um, it'd be there. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it'd be off the mark or it wouldn't be a very good chance to take in. But um, I think overall, the fact, though, I think that the saw what he was seeing, um, I think kind of like I caught the end of it, you know, you're seeing his style, his play getting implemented in this team. And, you know, it's going along, it's going a long way too. And it's getting there. And we've seen the, the attack that what can be, of the system, I think we've I think we've said that too over these past four games, not including the Cuba game, um, that we've kind of see what this attack can be and how good it can be. Yeah, 
I, I, I think you wrap it up pretty well. Um, looking at some of the numbers here, uh, Mexico had a total of 30 shots, 15 on target. That's a uh, 50% con conversion ratio. Um, <laughs> I mean, that really kind of gives you uh, an idea of how this game was, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 30 shots. I mean, I, in comparison to Cuba's three, which, by the way, none of them were on target. Yeah. Um, the closest one they had was uh, one where it hit the top of the post, where I think Ochoa easily had that covered. I mean, he, you know, he took, he, he made the flying dive save, but you know, ultimately hit the post. But still, nice picture for him, I guess, for <laughs> yeah. for for, for the memories. Yeah, yeah good wallpaper. Um, possession wise, seventy two to 20, uh, 28. Uh, a, a total of six hundred and seventy five passes from Mexico. Um, and, and really it's, it's, it, it gives you a good idea of what that Tata Martino likes to have the ball and wants to keep the ball. And by the way, out of those 675, 92% of them were completed. So, um, again, though, I, I mean, how much can we really take away from these numbers? If you look at the fact that it was a game against Cuba and a Cuba side that isn't a hundred percent, you know? Brian, I want to ask you this because I, I, I know you're, you, this has been a topic that you've kind of been big on these past couple of days in regards to Twitter and, and the Mexican national team and what some people have had to say. But it, is, is it fair for people to overhype this national team or should we be a little bit more grounded? What, what, do you, what is your take on all this? Well, I think under this new era, it's still young. So like a game like that, you, you kind of just had to enjoy the moment, but not be overcritical and not be overexcited because Mexico's not going to lose that game. And yes, there were misses and then there were some really good plays and you kind of had to take it, you know, as, as face value is just, you know, they're going to win that game. Uh, we, like I said, we need to see a little bit more and the consistency is where, you know, that's when you should get excited. If they're because look at this team, this is a very watered down Mexico team. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of players missing. So this team can this version of Mexico can continue a good consistency through this gold cup. And I think, yeah, you should be pretty excited, you know. Yeah, very well. Christian, anything to add on that? No, I think I think you said it perfectly. Uh I think um that some fans are are getting a little bit, you know, overhyped. Um myself included a little bit. Not that not but I'm trying to keep myself grounded though. It's just the, the recent results and then the the, the you know the, the our gameplay is finally like flourishing and we have an idea of game it's like refreshing to see honestly so that's what I'm enjoying the most but like Brian said earlier I'm taking everything with the with the grain of salt though to an extent but uh but yeah no we, we're just gonna have to wait and see until we we uh we face more uh tougher opponents to really get a, a true judgment of this team and I, and I, I said this earlier um, to some other people if Mexico <laughs> plays through this gold cup and they win every game multiple goal wins uh especially the final because i mean let's say the u.s makes the final it's a rivalry and generally you play to your opponent you know mm -hmm. uh, but if they win a multiple goal you know final and they win like say like a 3-1 or a 4-1 that's i i'm gonna be very very optimistic for the upcoming future there you go that that is it's confirmed brian will get a i heart tata tattoo if they uh <laughs> if they win the gold cup against the u.s four to one uh dylan anything to add on to that 
no, I mean, just just got to keep chugging along. And I, I think that's what this team will do. Definitely, definitely. You know what? The the thing that I, that gets to me in regards to the Mexican national team, especially when when you have you know these process, because it's the same thing that we kind of went through with Osorio. It's oh my God, we look at all these great results. Look at all these great performances. He's getting the best out of the players. Yada yada yada. At such an early stage, and then we're celebrating all of this. Um, I don't know. It, it it gives me a very small team mentality. You know, I, I feel like there there's there there needs to be more more demand. There, there needs to be a bar set even higher than what we already have it. You know, in regards to what I think the Mexican has standard wise with the Mexican national team, I think the bar is low. I think I think it needs to be raised. I don't know what you guys think in regards to that. Maybe what I'm saying right now is a bit controversial in in a sense, but I I see the potential of the Mexican player higher than what the average Mexican puts them at, you know, the Mexican media puts it at, the Mexican fan puts it at. I see us being potentially, you know, more, you know, higher in, in, in world football, you know, not just kind of this dominant CONCACAF team. And sometimes that's the cap we all, you know, we just get, you know, I, I, for example, I, I, you see yesterday, everyone was celebrating how it's been a year since we beat Germany. And for me, that's like okay, yes, that's a great result, but it's it, it's like we've we've praised that moment, like like if we having have that engraved in in like Mexican textbooks now, you know. And it's like how 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 do you sustain yourself as a football culture if you hold on to something just like that, you know? It's like I, you need more. You, you, these teams, these the Germanys, the Italy, the Italys, the the Argentinas, the Brazils of, of football don't hold on to a result and celebrate it every year that it happens, you know, it's like, yeah, we got a good result. That's it. But, you know, their mentality is, you know, we go out there and we go and we, we get competitions. That's what we remember. That's what we celebrate. And that's what I want as a Mexican national team. And I feel like, you know, each year we get more more potential to, to to get to that place with with the talent that's coming out with you know the the the, the better these players get from being out in Europe and all that stuff you know and and I think that's you know to kind of tie it all into this it's it's we need to have a higher bar you know and and if like Ryan says if if they can go throughout this whole Gold Cup then yes be excited about it but don't blow it up don't don't because imagine if it does happen imagine if what brian says does happen everyone's already going to be putting tata martino under this grand light and saying you know he's the one he was the chosen one all along you know we're, we're, we're ready to go and all this when in reality it should be like okay that's good that was expected of him and he got he did it above the the bar that we set great now let's keep on going you know no i i actually agree a lot of what you're saying you can't break out champagne game one of a uh, of a world cup you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like you need you need to say that in the, in the, in, the, in the fridge for for a later day and uh no i i agree like i i love that win a year ago it was fantastic but you know what you know what else the sweden game makes me feel worse that makes me feel worse than i was happy against germany because that was a disaster mm-hmm. you know it, it, the, the world cup's not over you got to play your opponent and um and yes, if we do, like I said, if we do kind of cruise through this Gold Cup, I'm going to have a very high level of optimism with how many players are not there. But, you know, I mean, this, look at the competition we are playing and uh, you, just go from it little by little, you know, stay the course with, you know, yeah. Kata in charge. Definitely. Also, another thing to add on, you know, we, we get 
chances, opportunities to play European teams and South American teams in friendlies. Now, you know, friendlies you can take with a grain of salt. You know, maybe the teams don't bring their best players. It's not played with the same intensity. So we really don't have many opportunities to showcase, like, us being a national team besides maybe the the, the World Cup and the Confederations Cup is not going to be here anymore. So we really only have the, the World Cup. And then now that we're introducing this CONCACAF Nations League, we're going to keep seeing teams like this on a regular basis. So there's going to be even more minimal chance of us, you know, going up against, you know, top, top tier European and South American teams. So, you know, yes, you're right. We, sh- we, I agree with you. We should be, you know, striving to, to be that, that, that top tier you know, national team on a, on the world stage, but how we don't, we don't get many opportunities and chances to do so. I think that's just uh, w- bad luck. Would look at what was just established. So, like, you know, it's, just, it's just hard for us though to to make a comment like that. You know, we you know we we, we have to have opportunity to do so, but we we don't we, we just don't have it right now. Look, the opportunity's always been there, but but the commercializing, the well, the financial aspect of things. Tata said himself in in, some, in, in, yeah. in in the press conference. He said, "Look, you don't think because because the, the main topic, of course, is why is Mexico playing." the Copa America, why weren't they invited next year to next year Copa America? And Tata Martino said, hey, look, you guys know as much as I know that there is commitment, that there's commercial deals, that there's things that we have to honor that's out of my control. Do I want to be playing CONCACAF, uh, CONCACAF teams? Not really. Do I want to be playing South American teams? Yeah, of course. But you guys know as much as I know that we have to commit to what we already have. There are, you know, there, there are things that are above me that I can't control. And, you know, you know, we have to make do with what we have. And we're going to continue to grow and better ourselves with what we get in front of us. You know, and that's just, that's just the case that, that, that we're in. That's, that's, that's just it. It's been, it's bad luck that, that geography is a thing at, at this point. You know, that we are in this situation because of where we are and not where we can be, you know. But still doesn't, doesn't mean that you can't, you know, better yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, not not to get too off topic, but like, I think at some point, Concacaf, or if they want to continue this Gold Cup, I think there has to be discussion about bringing some other teams in because these they results, used to do it. They, they, these these results are going to be not very good, and that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt your your you know your views and all this other stuff. I mean, five no wins on the regular. I mean, Costa Rica just blew out you know Nicaragua, and it's like. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then we got this League of Nations things. It's like we're going to be playing Bermuda. Exactly. It's, it's, so like, like, it's going to be another ten nil. Like you know what I mean? It's like, but um, I, that that's for another discussion another day. But um, no, I mean, you know, it, it's rough. I mean, this this is going to be a little bit of a rough Gold Cup in some of these games, especially for Mexico with this group. We got one opponent to really worry about, and to be honest, looking at it historically, we should beat Canada you know, one or two goals, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And we're, we're going to talk about that. We're going to preview that. I, I just kind of want to just recap this Cuba game because I know we went on a big old tangent. Right, right. There. <laughs> um, no, but, at the, but end of the game, at the end of the day, we got the win. Uh, let's not even yeah. look back at it. Uh, not, we need to go to the next one. You know, it's like you, you got you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just keep kind of pushing forward, keep going about it, and, and, and keep playing your game. And, and keep adapting and growing it, to be honest. So um, one last question. Well, actually, two questions. Um, 
who what player impressed you the most? I know it was against Cuba, and and you can't really you know take uh, anything really too serious. But what player impressed you the most, gentlemen? And also, which one out of those seven were your favorite goals? Christian, I'll throw it to you first. All right. Well, besides Antuna, because you know the rival, I I'm still I'm falling more in love with with uh with Charlie uh Charlie Rodriguez. You know, I think he's a stellar midfielder. Um. I don't know how I haven't heard of him before before this this gold cup, but uh, and these uh, these friendlies. But the the man is on fire, literally. You know, for me, stellar, perfect. You know, I, I'm excited to see more of him. Uh, my favorite out of the seven goals. Um, I don't know. I. I don't know. Maybe Jimenez the second goal. All right. Actually, no. I'll do Jimenez's fifth uh, second goal. Yeah, Jimenez's second goal. Yeah, isn't that what I said? Yeah, that's what yeah, you that's said. What I said? Oh, I'm so stupid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, was like the most, that was the most technical. Or yeah, because it was the assist from, from Charlie as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was beautiful. So, yeah. It was, it was a good goal. I, I would say mm-hmm. that too. Well, Brian, you have the floor? Oh, yeah. Uh, Char- yeah Charlie's been fantastic. I, you know, try to do these post-game threads of, like, highlighting moments. And I think four of them were of him. Um uh, out of the other out of the uh, moments I selected, he's constantly trying to call attention to himself when he's open and uh, constantly moving. Uh, he's he's highly impressive, um, and I, I just hope. I mean, he's been doing that, and that that's what I'm really liking from this kid. Um, to be honest, yeah, uh, a, a really raw type of play. Even whenever he was talking to the press afterwards in the mix zone, he. Um... He just he kind of seemed a little bit like oh damn like all these reporters like you know what do I say um so it's it's, it's great to see that someone like that so young and kind of so raw uh, <laughs> is is more focused about what he's doing on the pitch than off you know so I I, th- I think he's a he, he's someone to look out definitely he's definitely turning a lot of people's heads a lot of people's heads Dylan favorite goal and favorite player of the game uh whenever you said that question I was gonna say Charlie but I'm gonna switch it up a little bit I think it's been to me, my personal opinion, I think it's been pretty fun to watch Gallardo on that left-hand side a little bit. Oh, Just, my God. Yep. <laughs> yep, I said it. I said it there. What do you want me to say, Diego Reyes? <laughs> hey, he, hey, he's linked with Atletico Madrid, so he might have some weight to this 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 this, this uh, decision. <laughs> Definitely. Let's see. Keep going, man. No, and I I really don't have, like, one favorite goal. Just Raul's both, you know, just both of Raul's goals was just – or just – might just stick with me since I really I really just can't pick one. I really like the first goal because it was just a whole mess in the box that just finished with a tap and it was just it, it summed up the game perfectly. It it it, it foreshadowed of, of what was to come, really. Um so I, I I think that was mine. And then favorite player for me, um, you know, I wanna say Ochoa just because he's Ochoa, but um <laughs> my man was sleeping the whole match. <laughs> I know <laughs> I think he grabbed a, a michelada in half the half of the game. Yeah, honestly, I saw him asking for a, a two churros and uh, yeah, but um, no, uh, I think for someone that uh, kind of really did impress me was uh, uh, was just Guardado in a sense, you know. Um, I think he's someone that orchestrated the midfield very well. I saw him doing a lot of movement. I saw him, you know, ordering a lot of players. Uh, just kind of really growing into that captain uh, arms band that, that I think he's, 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 you know, fitting him perfectly. The more and more he plays in, in that role. 
Um, so you know, I'm pretty happy with with the result that he because you you know he Charlie said it himself in 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 the mix zone was that you know Guardado is a big influence you know to have mm-hmm. someone like that you know to to teach you and to mentor you you know not just in training but on the pitch as well. Uh, it's it's someone that these kids look up to and and he looks like he's accepting that he has a very important role you know of, of leadership all around on and off the pitch. Right. So I think uh, I, I think that's the player I'm going with. But that does it. Mexico beats Cuba down in Pasadena Rose Bowl Stadium. It was, well, I guess entertaining to say the least. But hopefully we get to see another one of these games, uh, you know, just for the fun of it. I guess it's uh, it's interesting to break these games down because, again, you can't really take too much out of it. But you know that you kind of want to in respects to kind of the professionalism of, of what we do. But again, it's just, it's, it's, it's really like if it was a pickup game, you know? So not, not much we can say about that, but like Brian said, we won. That's it. Yeah. Have time to move on. Uh, so gentlemen, anything else you guys want to add on before we jump into the Mexico versus Canada game? Bring on Canada. Bring on Canada. The Canadians who are, uh, on cloud nine after the Toronto Rapids beat the Golden State Warriors. I know Dylan's a little bit hurt about that as his team. It's okay, Dylan. Mexico will try to repay. Uh, we'll, we'll try to uh, give you a bit of a, a sweet revenge comeback against the Canadians as uh, Mexico, <laughs> <laughs> as Mexico <laughs> face off against Canada tomorrow on uh, what should be an interesting game. And to say the least, this was always going to be Mexico's toughest opponent in the group stage. That was no questions asked. And after the performance that they put against Martinique, I wasn't there for the full game. I only caught like about the last 10 minutes of it. Um, and, and even then, they were already up by by a good amount of goals. I, I don't know what to say. You know, it's uh, it looks like it could be a fun, interesting game. Anyone... Yeah, um, you know it, it's it's going to be interesting because it's just going to be an unusual rival. Um, is Canada going to play more physical? You know, switch it up on Mexico. Um, they do. They definitely do have some strengths. Uh, I st- I still think Mexico is going to maintain possession, but um, it's going to be putting away chances, which obviously was the criticism of the Cuba game. Um, but I, I'm going to be interested to see what Canada does to combat all of that. I, I wonder if they're going to get a little bit more physical with Mexico. If we see a little bit more, more fouls in this game um, to try to disrupt Mexico a bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, looking at the time, looking at their players, obviously the biggest name that pops up for them is their golden boy, Alfonso Davis, right? He's going to be their main, player. their main danger, man. Um, a very good player. Um, there's a reason why he's playing with Bayern Munich. Um, but I think aside from that, though, there's still a couple of players to look out for. I mean, you look at a player like Osorio, you know, who, who's kind of gotten that, you know, free free roam um, position. Uh, you look at someone like Holit, uh, you know, and and David too. They're 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 star forward who got to back themselves two goals in in this uh, game against Martinique. It, it's just this this Canada team shouldn't be taken as lightly as a lot of people. Are putting them out to be. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter write off Canada just right away. You know, um, you exactly, Christian. Um, I don't know. Is is it fair to to just kind of give Mexico the victory already? Yes. But why? 
<laughs> I don't know. I just I think they 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 merited to be on this. Let let's be honest. Canada, as much as they they've grown over these past couple of years, and you know they have their one or two you know star players. They're they're not on the level as Mexico yet, and you know that's no disrespect to Canada, but let's just face it, no one in this group is on our level yet. So that's why I predicted uh, uh, easy three wins in this group. Dylan, you write off Canada off so easily, or do you think that maybe we should actually maybe keep an eye out on them? Well, I mean, like you named off a couple players. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Brown was thinking, you know, I feel like Canada's going to go out and you know be disruptive, be physical, try to get Mexico frustrated um, in this game early, uh, to where they can't get into that rhythm that that they've been in uh, these past few games and everything. But I mean. I, to me, like I just, I just don't write off an opponent, opponent like that. Like I just can't. Like I have to, have to have that respect there for them. There you go. See, Christian, respect. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, look, I, I, I think Ryan's right. You know, kind of keep an eye on them. They will get physical with you. Which, I mean, the way we've been going down, like flies, in regards to injuries, this game should be a concerning side. You know. I mean, we can't really afford another injury at this point. Oh, so, God, please don't. No. Exactly. This don't is Can you please knock on wood? Uh, yeah. No, just, I'm, just... <laughs> no, because I'm saying because, you know, you're you're easily riding off this game, but there could be re- repercussions from this game even if we win. Yeah. You know? It could be. But I don't – I'm trying not to think like that, though. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to jinx the team like you're doing right now. I'm not jinxing the team. I'm giving you guys. I'm giving you guys something to think about. You know, this is something that I'm pretty sure they have to also, you know, kind of keep in perspective. I mean, with any game, you're going with that risk, though. So that's kind of like a, a vague thing to say. Okay. All right. Well, regardless, well, it, when it comes to the opponent, I think Tata's going to have them ready mentally. Uh, mentally, don't, yes. don't sleep on yeah. this oppon- opponent because it's it's not Cuba. And yeah, they might right. not they might not be a Venezuela or Ecuador, but hey, if Mexico goes down early and, and the boo birds come out and they're booing the team, it's gonna be like uh you know, now we have a new a new hurdle to get over, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to be smart. Uh, on how you approach this game, whether you're, you know, for whatever weird re you know, freakish accident, Mexico goes down by a goal, it's how can this team react? You know, mm-hmm. against all odds. You know? Right. Well, let me just read off a little bit of the stats of that game against Martinique. They had a total of 24 shots that game. But they also, uh, Martinique was able to take 16 shots away. So it goes to show that, yeah, Canada maybe was explosive in regards to their attack against Martinique. But it does show that they left a lot of uh, space and a lot of, you know, midfield room that I think Mexico would easily capitalize. So I don't I don't think they're going to be so free-flowing in regards to them attacking. I think they're going to be a little bit more conservative. Be interesting to see what uh, the, the Canada coach had to say in regards to the press conference. But, you know, I, I doubt they're going to play their same style of football. I think they're just going to be, okay, let's hold them off and let's try to use an abuse of Alfonso Davis and try to break them on the counterattack. Is that mm-hmm. fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Right, I, I would imagine that's the that's the mindset of this Canadian team going that, that way. And, and they had 17 fouls in that match, which is something to keep an eye on. You know, what yep. I mean? so. <laughs> they're definitely uh, a very physical team. You know, so I, I I would imagine that Mexico 
has that idea already going into this game. Um, but if you know that this team's gonna hold sit back and you know that this team's gonna wait for you to to attack and lose the ball and get you on a counterattack, Dylan, what's the best way you think for Mexico to approach this game and combat that? Uh, I mean, I mean, kind of like what you said, you know, especially when we're talking about the Cuba game, you know, um, it's just that we hold us holding that possession, you know, playing our game, just sticking to it early. Um, an early early goal would be pretty cool for Mexico too. Um, you know, like you said, like what was it, like nine hundred something passes. I mean, just that possession was there. The passes were passes were, you know, every here and there, you know, you see some bad passes, but the passes were there. You know, that build up play was nice too. So. I think, you know, if you just stick to your game, you know, control that possession. And that's one thing, too, to combat that. Definitely. Keep the ball. Having the ball the most as possible is definitely one way to go about it. Christian, an another way you think you could see this Mexico side kind of halting Canada? Well, if, you've, if we're thinking about them sitting back, you know, you're going to have to look at, at picking them apart. You know, I think I, I was watching one of one of Brian's videos where Guardado kind of made that like, like 60, 70-yard pass. Down the field, you know, just you know, little plays like that, you know, picking apart the defense and and passes like that. I think that that can work into our advantage as well. I think keep keeping the ball kind of close to your feet and short in regards to passing is important. Mm -hmm. Brian, I don't know what you think, but I don't think this is a game in which you try to launch a 30, 40 yard ball over the defense. No, I, I think similar to what I said earlier, if uh, Canada's giving you room to have possession, then you're gonna have to have you're gonna have to be moving you know keep the movement uh, to throw them off and not to not just hope that oh we can maybe find Raul uh you know short passes one two let's you know keep them on their feet as well definitely and also to keep in mind these Canadian defenders are not short no. um you know they're 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 tall and they're pretty uh you know and they're pretty bulky in regards to you know how, how they're very physical yeah. so uh, launching those balls up to Raul Jimenez is not going to be the answer. Um, you definitely you have to play to your advantage. You're you're smaller than them, but you're also quicker than them. And more creative, um, to be honest. Yeah, be more creative. You're more technical than yeah. they than they are. So you know, get a little bit, uh, get a little bit of magic going. That's it. Absolutely. All righty, gentlemen. Well, with that said, I'm interested to hear what is your guys' predicted lineup? Do you guys think that that keeps the same 11, or do we see a bit of rotation here? Uh-oh, rotations. Oh, there you go. That was the word. That was a big word because a lot of people are scared of this word because of the Juan Carlos Osorio age. I think he's going to keep it almost 100%, maybe one move, depending on what he sees. Uh, maybe in the midfield, uh, but I think he's going to go with about the same. Okay, Christian, I'm interested yeah. here because you're no, kind same. of our lineup guru. No, I think I, I agree with Brian. Stays the same, nothing changes? Yeah. There was rumors of Edson playing, is that true? I don't think that's early. Mm, no. Mm, okay, so if but, Edson but doesn't he, play? He seems like he's healthy, which is good. Yeah. I think they're mm -hmm. going to like, hold him off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so no, I think, I think it stays the same, to be honest. Dylan? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Say the same. Now this is interesting because we just came off an era in which our coach literally changed <laughs> the face of yeah. each of each team, and now to have some consistency, well, that feels a little bit weird to me. You know, it feels, <laughs> it feels a little bit weird going into the, especially because you know that 
Mexico could easily change this lineup and still have a winning chance, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But it would speak a lot on Tata Martino's behalf to go and line up the same team after the 7-0. With win players in their proper position, not Raul mm. out on the wing. Yeah. And, uh, Araujo <laughs> is a right back or some, some crazy thing. <laughs> hey, if we fool guys... ourselves, maybe we can fool them too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, Wait, I, 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 I got one question. It's kind of yeah. uh, toward, towards Brian. You know, Brian, I know, I know. You know, really, you said on the record, you know, you would, uh, you were going to go probably with the same lineup, but you did mention like maybe one change. Where do you see that one change? You think? Mm, me, I, I think he might, might change for Jonah. Um, that's what the, he, that's the only only reasonable sub for me would be I, Jonah I think, for Charlie. Yeah, I think his energy is going to be a little bit higher than maybe uh, Guardado, but I, I, but you know, I, I, it'd be hard to see him totally changing that or if he maybe changed it for, for Charlie. But then again, he played fantastic. So yeah, I I wouldn't take him out. That might be the only change I would see because up front, the players did well. Okay. Yeah. No, no, Mm -hmm. just, just just curiosity. Just wondering. Well, I think it's fair enough to say we agree in the lineup. We agree on the tactics, which, uh, you know, granted, we are – this usually never happens. <laughs> <laughs> but look at that. We're in an age of where we're agreeing on a lot of things. Now, whether or not can we agree on our predicted result, well, we'll have to wait and find out. But I'm throwing it to you first, Dylan. How do you see this game going for Mexico and your predicted result? You know – I, it's it's going to come back and sound sound hypocritical because last week on the podcast, I don't know why I said we'd draw against Canada, but I actually could go for it. <laughs> I'm going to go for I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a 3-1 Mexico win. 3-1 Mexico. Wow. Look at that. You win against Cuba 7-0 and you change Cowboy Dan's mind just <laughs> like that. Well, interesting. Christian? Four nil, four wow. nil. Okay, man, <laughs> you're more adventurous than I was in the World Cup going with my four nil prediction. Poor, poor Martinique, man. Four nil. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> can't wait to see what he has <laughs> against Martinique. Martinique, tune in next week. Yeah. Or oh, actually, no, I can't because it's gonna be on Sunday. Oh crap! Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Tune we'll, in on Twitter. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. All right. Well, Brian, um, your uh, your prediction? Yeah, I think I think this can be a little bit more of a difficult game, but I think Mexico gets the better of Canada. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go two nil. Two nil, safe, secure. I like it. Um, I'm going with the same. I'm going again two nil. Um, only because I just I see this Canada team being a little bit more difficult to break down than than any team that we're gonna face off in the group stage. Um, again, that front three still doesn't give me that much, uh, and what do you keep, what can I say? Optimism. Yeah. It doesn't give me that much optimism, you know, maybe if Rodolfo Pizarro was starting, maybe, yeah. but I, I just, I, I see, I see Antuna struggling, you know, he, uh, there's this, this kind of thing going on that a lot of people have been saying that, um, that, you know, he has some, somewhat of a similar touch to Lukaku in which he has such a heavy, heavy Timberland boot touch. Um, 
but he's the uh, poor man's Chucky, you know. He is. He he's the poor man's Chucky, um, going up against the rich man's Alfonso Davis. So yeah. it should be interesting to see how he can combat with the pressure. But uh, I just see him struggling to break down uh, some of these uh, Canadian defenders, and I, I think he's going to get thrown and pushed around a couple of times. I don't know how he's going to take yeah, that. Yeah, actually, I, I agree with that too because in the past, one thing he likes to do is kick the ball out ahead and beat the defender with his pace because he is very pacey. But when he doesn't do that and he gets stonewalled, he gets very kind of stuck in his own, and he doesn't quite know what to do. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but if, if if they start reading him, uh, that could be a potential downfall for him in that game. Definitely. And another player that kind of uh, – it's weird to say this in, in the 7-0 win, but a, a, game, a player that didn't stand out at all for me was uh, uh, Piojo Alvarado. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he's definitely going to be taking up the left wing. So right. it's questionable whether or not he's going to be able to do the same. Um so you know, obviously, bro, uh, I'm confident in him, but he, he's got to he needs to find his finishing. Um, can't be missing those sitters, uh, and it's definitely it, it could easily turn into a game in which if you start missing left, right, and and center all these chances, it could start playing against the team itself. So I would imagine you need a little bit more of a, of a consistency from him in in that department. But like I said, those front three. Don't give me as much optimism, but I do have enough confidence in them to get the job done against Canada. And look, to be honest, in a, in a game in which the, the team is trying to deny you as much space inside the box as possible, your your midfield is going to be very important. And whether or not Jonah starts with Charlie, I you know, you need to see some, sometimes those long-range efforts. And I think Jonah might be the guy, you know, for this situation. Mm-hmm. It's possible. So, could be a possibility, but interesting enough. Well, I mean, not not no big surprise. We're all expecting Mexico to win this game. Uh, some of us a little bit more optimistic about the scoreline than others, but either way, we're we're protecting. I think before it's all right. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Still expecting a a good, fun, decent game. You guys can catch that tomorrow at uh, what is it, seven o'clock uh, Pacific time? Well, you know, my my applications keep lying to me. Yeah, it's so weird. Ah, oh, man. Well, the game was set to start at seven at uh, on Saturday, this and, and seven thirty. So we, yeah, and we were message we were messaging around on Twitter, and you said, "Is there a countdown clock?" And I showed you there was no <laughs> countdown clock. Somebody help me! I was like, "Oh yeah, there's no countdown clock here. There's just it starts when it starts." I guess. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> so Mexico, Canada, seven p.m. Pacific time down in Denver. Take it with a grain of salt. It could be seven thirty for all I we think know. Seven thirty. Um, you know, it it just be in front of your TV by seven, and <laughs> uh, or wherever you're going to be watching it. So uh, yeah, set your TBR to go long because we're not. Yes. Happening. Yes, if you're going to miss this game, potentially set it for for at least a half an hour, if not an hour over. But uh, it should be a good one. Should be an interesting one. You guys can catch that on Univision and I believe Univision Deportes as well. I think Fox Sports also. Um, it, oh, Fox Sports, yes. Also catch that on Fox Sports if you guys do like to tune into the English and you guys like to hear Alexi Lalas uh, talk about the Mexican national team, which I would imagine not a lot of people do. But uh, I, I sometimes love to tune in. what they have to say. To be, to be yeah. They have some storyline. They're like, hey, uh, look at how many times Mexico has changed coaches in the Gold Cups. And I'm like, this is your, this is your theme for the day? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Hey, you know what the most interesting thing uh, I think the most uh, I, the, the thing I take the, the most joy out of um, and, and it's unfortunate that we're watching this right now but uh, we're doing this right now we're not watching the US game uh, it's interesting to, to whenever they, they talk about Mexico even in the US games because they know they know themselves they're not the favorites they know that they come into this gold cup second, maybe even third favorites to win this. And I think that that really, really hurts them. Well, that um, Venezuela game really set them back. Honestly. It did. It did. And and I catch that game on Fox. And and, and I, it was a Taylor Twelman, I think he was talking. And he said, he's like, Mexico just played against Venezuela. You know, mm-hmm. there's like, they won. They beat Venezuela. And, and we're coming in and we're losing this game. He's like, you look at it, and this isn't even a full-studded Mexico squad, and they're still the heavy favorites for this Gold Cup, you know? And it's like, what do you say? What do you, you know, it's like in regards to that, you know, they're going through a process themselves, you know? Granted, they've been going through this a little bit further than they than we mm-hmm. have, so they should be, uh, you know, a little they bit. Be ready. Uh, they should be ready in regards to all this. In but you a live, look, In a live update, it's halftime. They're up 1-0 on Guyana. Yes. Only? Yes. It, only. Yeah, you would imagine. Ola with the goal. And so it's like, you know, you, you can't, uh, I don't know, you, you just kind of have to hear them and, and, and take it, you know, with, with a bit of, uh, I don't know, a, a bit of joy whenever they do talk about the national team because it's fun. It, it, it's funny, you know? Well, you know, I record both, both languages on my Fubo just to go back and forth to see what everyone's saying. So I definitely like to tune in to see what they're going to say. So... Whether it's uh, Univision, who's most likely going to be talking about, I don't know, the upcoming uh, Campeón de Campeones. Oh, no. Gonna, you know, no, they're going to be doing a lot of replays in the middle of the game. So oh, dude. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> they always pan away at the wrong moments. I'm like, who's in charge of this? Who is in charge? <laughs> it's like, you're the keeper kicked the ball already. You're already, you're already doing replays. So, you know, whether you want to hear... Uh, Alexi Lala's talk about the Mexican national team and how we change more coaches than a woman changes outfits to go out on a night. Or you can either tune into Univision <laughs> and catch your uh, your also favorite DoorDash uh, commercial. Whatever one you want, it's uh, it's either way. It's gonna be Mexico versus Canada, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 Central, 10 East, uh, 10 Eastern. But that could also change 30 minutes after that. So make sure you guys do. Uh, Stay tuned to that. And if you guys, for whatever reason, are not going to be able to watch that game and want live updates, you guys can follow us on Twitter at ResacaAmericaUS. And we'll have you guys covered up to date, live tweets, minute per minute, and what's going on down in Denver. Um, one, I one, was, other thing, one other thing. Uh-huh. This is going to be played at elevation. So that's it will be. be interesting uh, to, to keep an eye on. That, that is interesting, interesting, actually. Uh, it, do we know how high the altitude is? Because is is it is it the same as Mexico? It's it it's not quite Mexico City, but it's up there. Uh, that's me, pretty I interesting. Say, I didn't know yeah. that actually. That's actually very interesting. Mile high. Fifty. So it's fifty two hundred uh, above sea level. Mile oh high. Wow. I think Mexico City is up in the six thousand yeah. range. Yeah. So it's wow. so I mean, it's it's, <laughs> what more of a home game do you want for Mexico at this point? <laughs> um. Knowing that, do you still change your prediction or do you keep it the same, Brian? Oh, I'm still going. I'm going to play it safe. Okay. You know, you right. know. Me too. Um, but, but, that, but we could have like a lot of possession <laughs> through the, throughout this game. That's true. 
That is very true. Which should, should be an interesting game. So stay tuned to that. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll have you guys covered on everything in regards to the game. Um, anything else in regards to this Gold Cup preview, gentlemen? No? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It should be an interesting one. Now, looks like we have a little bit of time, and we definitely need to get to this. As we guys know, this is the EY Podcast. Our main topics throughout the year are America, Club America, and uh, obviously some big, big news have been broken in the past couple of days. The biggest one, obviously, being that our captain, now ex-captain, Oribe Peralta, has moved to rivals Chivas. <laughs> Gentlemen, nice. who nice. a player that we had said that maybe, maybe was coming to the end of his career, possibly was going to retire in America, didn't really see much coming out of him. Maybe just kind of be more of a leadership than an actual goal scorer. Looks like he has left the club, gone to the other, gone to the other side for what potentially has been rumored four to six million. I know there's been some rumors also that he's gone on a free, but he's also, he's also left the club in which wages have now cleared up. How are we feeling about this move? Brian, I'm going to you first as your, as our guest. How how did you feel? This literally broke yesterday within minutes. Yeah. uh, Bittersweet. It's like, you know, I didn't think he was going to post or that something like, that was going to happen with a player that was so prolific with America. Um, but at the same time, I mean, there is some benefit to unloading him. So I think it's just bittersweet. It's, it's a very strange thing. Cause it, it was like, it, you saw like a couple pop-ups on, on social media, like, Oh, Peralta and Chivas, what? And then it was like, boom, it's like, there it is. It's, it's official. It's like, what the what just happened? It's just seconds. It, it all happened within, I think, a matter of an hour, which is crazy. Christian, your take on this? Uh, it didn't really bother me, to be honest. Like like, like we, we've said, it was a player coming to the end of his career, and I just see this more as a positive for America than it does for Chivas, honestly. Dylan? Yeah, I, I think Brian said it perfect, too. It was, it was kind of bittersweet for me, too. Um, It's just uh, I'm not really sure where people are getting, like, you know, calling, uh, like, Oribe a trader? Like I don't really see it because he did go on loan with them at first for a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he comes to America. Like I don't know. Like I, I don't really think he did much with Chivas the first time around, but but still, I mean he, he it's, 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 I don't know. Like he made he he made he made his uh his his plant in the medical history with them. But you know at the end of the day, you know like Christian said too, you know he, his career is coming to an end. But everything just happened like so fast. It just like blindsided a lot of people too. Now, look, there's a lot of people that are calling him a traitor that are, you know, ready to disown him for whatever he did, ready to erase him from America history. Fine. I get it. That's the passion. That's the sport. That's what you feel about it. Fine. Understandable. But if we're being objective about it, if we're if we're looking at this from a non-Americanista point of view, and if you're if you're looking at this just simply black and white, you know, no gray at all, just simple black and white, you look at this and you say... Good job, Peralta. Good job. You made a move and in, in, in a move that's going to satisfy your career to the fullest. You're leaving a club in which you gave your best moments with, gave them titles, gave them good moments, good memories. Now you're on your now you're on the back end of your career where you need to secure yourself financially for what's to come in the future. So what do you do? 
You move to a place that is big enough that they can afford you. You move to a place that's sponsored by the same logo, uh, by the same brand that you're sponsored with. Right, you know, right. contract. So yeah. now he can take full benefit of that because with America, he couldn't because mm -hmm. he was obligated to wear America gear. And on his time off, he was obligated to wear Puma gear. So it, it, it conflicted with it with that. It, it conflicted with it so heavily. And I knew Peralta was not happy with that. So he, he, he made a move to a club where he can get paid the wages he wants to get paid. He can and he's going to have playing time because he is. Let's face it. He's easily a starter in that team. Mm hmm. Even at 35, oh, even um, at 35, he's still going to be a starter in that team. Yeah, he's got his going Yeah, yeah he, he found his place perfectly, you know? A, a team that has the same sponsors, now you're making money. You you're, you you secured yourself financially for the next couple of years. If you want to retire after that, go ahead. If you want to do your last hoorah at Santos, by all means. But you're being smart about the way you're going about it. And that's what a player needs to do at the end of the career. They need to be smart about it. Sometimes, yes, there's alliances, there's legiancy with a, with a club, with a badge. But let's face it, he was never an Americanista. Maybe he felt the colors at some point, but he never once said, this is my one true love, this is my one true place. He was not a Cuauhtémoc Blanco type of player. He wasn't. Mm -hmm. He isn't. He is a Oria Peralta who is loyal and only loyal to Santos. But is a professional and needs to know that he needs to, you know, secure himself and his family. So he went and did the the the, the most smart move, which, to be honest, was the smart move to move to Chivas. So, I mean, I applaud him for that. But, you know, I'll also say thank you for the time you gave to America. You will not be forgotten in that sense. A lot of, a lot of success. Will... A lot of yes, a lot of success. A lot of trophies, a lot of championships. Yeah. Um, You know. There was always this debate of whether or not Oriol Peralta is he an idol. Um, after this move, of course, it, I think that just demerits it and, and no. kind of cuts it off. He's not, <laughs> not not even in discussion anymore. Not in discussion anymore. But he will go down in record as one of America's most successful players and one of America's best signings. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, so, yeah a, a big chunk of you know his success as a player came when he was at America and. Um, and like the whole trader thing, I mean, you don't, I don't, I wouldn't throw that around unless he started trashing America. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, come on, man, like you, you did have a lot of good times when you were there. So, you know, you got to keep those memories. But I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's a little bittersweet, but I, I think you, you hit it on the head. I mean, it's, it's the best for him. Definitely. You know what's been the funniest thing is, 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 is just seeing there the Chivas fan base reaction to all of this. Especially yeah. on Twitter, if you guys follow the straight goat, <laughs> he's had me dying with some of the tweets he's been putting out. <laughs> it's just it's hilarious the reaction because it's not a good deal for them. Let's face it. It's it's for, for the look. He can go out and he can, for all we know, th this could be their Ruben Sambuesa situation. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I highly doubt it. I I really do. But still, it's it's you know that it wasn't a good deal at the end of the day. You know. Uh, Whatever the case may be, then you know I think the player benefited more than than the actual club that's getting him. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. But you know, Oriya Peralta, uh, you know, best of luck in your new uh, on your new adventures over there in Guadalajara. And you know, thank you for the service. And that's really much all we can say. Exactly. Right. So interesting enough. Now, uh, more American news. Uh, obviously, the big news in regards to the summer transfer window was. 
are we going to bring in players? What players are we going to bring? Obviously, Santiago Baños came out and said, look, we're not going to bring in anyone if we do not tell anyone. Obviously, the big rumors were Edson leaving, Guido possibly leaving, Mateo Soribe possibly leaving. Um, now, with Rui Peralta have gone, that does mean that America now will most likely potentially bring in another player, right? That's mm-hmm. it's kind of the, the way that Santiago Baños was telling us things were going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also opened up a lot of, uh, of space in uh, the youth academy with uh, some of our some of our players going out on on loan to um where's it at that Clemente just left to Sacatepec correct mm-hmm. yeah so um he's left uh Aldo Cruz left to uh Cholos um that, that's a bad know, move in my opinion you see uh you see a lot of uh you know all of these players kind of making moves uh up to loan deals you know to to second division sides and I feel like there's a big change going on in America right now. Yeah, a lot of big changes going on in the background. I'm interested to see what they're what they have cooking up, and hopefully they do bring in. But Brian, what what, what do you think America needs in regards to the summer transfer window? What positions do we really really need? Uh, they need help in the attack because that the the game they got eliminated in, uh, the those empty crosses were just rough to watch. Yeah. And they're just out of ideas. Mm-hmm. So they need. I think they need something. And, if, and obviously, if they lose Edson, that's going to be huge. Um, or uh, Guido. But um, as of right now, I would be looking to help fortify the attack. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm one who, and, and I still say this, and I said this last transfer window, I, I need more, uh, more depth down that wing. Uh, you On can't just wings. rely... On just both, yeah. Ibarra need, and Ibarra win. Right. You, know, you need um you need to bring in. I, I would suggest um so a Mexican winger and a foreign winger, um in whatever that looks like. I'm all game as long as they're definitely America quality. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of rumors of the Dragoni player still, but kind of I don't know if that's true. I I don't really see it mm. uh, happening. I think it's died off a little knows, bit. Who knows? Uh, maybe maybe we they know something we don't, but. Um, I, I do need, um, you know, I, I do need America to come in and bring in a winger, possibly two. Um, and I, I need, I, I need a, a another fu- uh, fullback. I, I need, a, yeah, well, a potentially a fullback and a center back, of course. Awesome, uh, yes. Uh, you know, I, I think we all enjoy Aguilera's goal scoring run, but in regards to defense, we need someone a little bit more solid that can partner with Bruno mm-hmm. and, um, you know, big rumors of Nestor Arajo being linked with us. Obviously, Hector Moreno now, another name that's being heavily uh, rumored. Um, wh- who would you guys take in that situation, Dylan? Really, I think it'd be Moreno, maybe. At 30 years old? Yeah, why not? Interesting. Well, I mean, it's not it's not too of a crazy decision. I remember when Massa came. I mean, yeah. Was- <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, if you think about it, he, he's not necessarily on the right side of thirty, but he's not necessarily on the wrong side of thirty either. Right, that's true. So true. Ryan, who would you take? Um, I mean, just for the my the overall picture, I'd rather um, take Moreno, just because I'd rather keep Araujo abroad. Um, the and, and Moreno brings a lot of experience, especially if he was paired up with uh, Bruno. 
the only thing that would worry me about him is this this long battle with plantar fasciitis he's had that's been yeah. kind of a problem but apparently he's he's been okay to go so as long as that's not a problem you know i, I would definitely go with moreno right now mm-hmm. and you know rumor has it and this is just what i've been hearing um is that he's been he's been thrown around uh to a couple of mls teams as well moreno and, um, yeah okay but he's been thrown to, uh, around to a couple of mls teams as well um it's just the wage demand is yeah. uh, is a bit high for some of these teams um, not to say that America can't afford him, but is 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 it smart for America to to put him on the books? I mean, now that you got rid of Oriol Peralta, obviously it frees up a little bit more room. But um, you also have to think about that in in regards to you know if Long it's a two year contract, mm-hmm. if it's a four year contract, you know how, you know how's the salary thing gonna affect? Because if if there's MLS teams that haven't you know taken this opportunity, then maybe there's something there to be said. But again. That's all that you know. That's what I've heard. Nothing mm-hmm. concrete, obviously. It's not like an MLS team has set out that yeah we were looking for him, but you know his wage demand was too high. Right. But uh, we're, we're gonna end the, the 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 podcast on on this last note because there's rumors of Gio dos Santos again surfacing that he's coming to America. <laughs> uh, Christian, what's your take on it? Uh, I mean. I don't think he'll come. So, I mean, I really don't pay attention to those rumors, to be honest, because I honestly don't think he'll come. Dylan? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he'll come either, but Ivan, that, that's your dream right there. You said we need more Mexicans on the team. I, I, I'm all mm-hmm. for it, but Brian? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, a guy that hasn't been active in a year, Exactly. I don't want that guy uh, at America. Hey, I mean, man, I he's Nico, coming for free. But I like I criticized Nico because he was he didn't do anything abroad. Gio's not even playing. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but he's practicing. He's practicing. He's practicing like a couple miles I think from Coapa. Rec league uh, last week. So I mean, who knows what he's up to? Oh, man, Giovanni Santos, the never-ending story until he's officially a free agent. And MLS is no longer signing those checks. Yeah, there's always going to be rumors as to where he's going. The uh, thing is with Gio, too, he also demands a, a high wage. He does. So, he does. and Gio. do you really want to give him the high wage? I don't, I don't know. I don't, that paid for us, so maybe. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, in an alternate universe, he stayed at Villarreal, and he was – Oh. On top of his game, mm-hmm. and he's 30 years old, and he's looking to play at America. Bring him aboard. Bring him aboard. Like, that would be ideal, you know. Well, only in uh, Giovanni Dos Santos into the Geoverse would we ever get that. <laughs> uh, but uh, unfortunately, I hope they're enjoying it in that alternate dimension, wherever it is. Yep, in that ultimate dimension, they actually beat Sweden, by the way, with oh, a Geo goal. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, gentlemen. Well, thank you so much, Brian. It's always been a pleasure to have you on here on the L3 edition. And, of course, we're definitely going to bring you back on whenever the Apertura starts. Again, thank you so much for have, uh, for coming on. And uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at BrianRMW. I'm also um, doing a podcast with a couple of my friends, uh, the Holy Flock podcast. So I'm bringing a little bit of a, a Medica vibe 
Well, once that definitely check it out. I, I I checked out the first couple of minutes. I was on my lunch break and I was, I was like, I got it. You guys dropped it right away. I was like, I got to check this out before my lunch break. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> it's but, definitely uh, it's definitely a, a good it's definitely a good time to, uh, to yeah. go listen to these guys. It's 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 great. It's fun. Um, It's uh, it's 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 a little bit more laid back than what we do. Yeah. But it's it's definitely um something that you, you need. I think your introduction was perfect. Brian, you said <laughs> it's another one of these podcasts. Another- You're going to listen to it. Because you're gonna like it. <laughs> yeah. you're gonna like it whether you know it or not. But um, no, no, it's but, perfect. Uh, you can catch me uh, post games uh, usually the same day, but maybe the morning. I'm gonna be doing these threads where I highlight uh, certain plays or breakdowns of players, um, which I think is catching steam because I, I really like doing it. And I, I'm I don't know why I haven't done it sooner, you know, or you know, long uh, back in the past. But I'm enjoying and doing it so. And a lot of people are enjoying it on Twitter. A lot of people are enjoying it. Let me tell you that. So keep it up, uh, Brian, with with the great work. Uh, We're definitely keeping an eye on what you're doing, and we're definitely keeping an eye on that new new podcast you got going on. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. it. And uh, as always, gentlemen, thank you for coming on and co-hosting Christian Cowboy Dan. It's always been a pleasure. Favorite time of the week. Favorite time (laughs) of the week. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to Arsaka America again. Welcome, Brian. I didn't even tell you. You're in our new home. it feels uh, great. It does feel great. It feels amazing. Thank you to La Resaca America again for being uh, able to host us in uh, on their channel and what we're calling our home and making it feel more like home every single week that we're on here. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Uh, saludos desde los Estados Unidos to everyone down in Mexico. Gracias por su... Uh, so, how do you say tuning in? Damn. Nice one. You should have thought this one over. Definitely. No, uh, no. Gracias a cada uno de ustedes que, que, que vinieron y nos escucharon. Thank you to everyone. As always, it's been great. Follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. You guys can always catch us on the Eagle Eye podcast page. And well, without further ado, thank you so much. Have a great one. We'll be seeing you guys very soon. Stay tuned to uh, to Twitter for more updates. And tomorrow, Mexico versus Canada. Make sure you guys check it out. As always, it's been great. Until next time, vamos Mexico.